You're listening to Bridge the Gap Season 3, a podcast dedicated to inform, educate, and influence the future of housing and services for seniors. Powered by supporting partners, One Day, TIS Insurance, The Bridge Group Construction, and Salinity. Learn more about this podcast at btgvoice.com. Welcome to Bridge the Gap podcast with Josh and not Lucas McCurdy. Today we are blessed to have our producer Sarah Mitchell with us in his stead and also welcome to our show Susan Hebel and she is with Bridge the Generations group that you're going to hear a lot about Uh, but first I'll explain just a little bit Uh, Me and Sarah will about why Lucas is not with us. Uh, As you all know, Lucas and I actually have day jobs, popular to uh, unpopular opinion. Everyone thinks that we do this full time, which we do spend a lot of time on it. But Lucas would never brag on himself. So I'm going to take just a moment to tell you that he is out loving his day job in senior living communities and he is doing his typical reconstruction taking care of the older uh, community environments and making those new and also doing uh, infection control and helping communities battle uh, COVID. And so what a worthy thing that he's out doing. So we're missing him today, but so good to have you with us, Sarah. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. You know, it is very, very infrequent that we have to reschedule a podcast. And uh, Lucas had a a special mission today and we just could not let Susan uh, be postponed any longer. So I'm excited to step in. We do miss you, Lucas, uh, but Josh, you're taking the reins today. So let's do this. Awesome. Well, again, welcome to the show, Susan, with Bridge the Generations. I am so excited to talk with you today. We've gotten just a little behind the scenes conversation with you, which is always super fun to get to know you a little bit. We want our audience to get to know you. Many of you um, you probably already follow Bridge the Generations on Instagram. That's actually how we found Susan and the cool things that they do. So Susan, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Well, it's so good to have you with us. And before we get to talking about your Bridge the Generations nonprofit. Tell us a little bit about your background. Okay. Well, I um, my background is really not at all in senior living, except for one day a week volunteering to call bingo numbers years ago when my kids were younger. They're all grown now and out of the house. And so um, that's where it all began. Actually, probably all began with the love of my grandmother uh, and then, then went on to be the love of these senior citizens that I called bingo numbers to and took chocolate to every week. So that's where it began. Um, then I went on a road trip where I volunteered in every city and, um, that I went to and also, uh, uh, found out about this organization, which probably a lot of your listeners know about called, uh, Providence Mount St. Vincent. Uh, and that kind of inspired me to, to build the bridge, so to speak. Susan, you've got to to dive a little bit deeper into this road trip that you just kind of skipped over. It was actually a really epic adventure. So talk us through that. Tell us uh, the details of that daily schedule that you were so intentional about that kind of launched this program. It was actually, it really was epic. It probably was the biggest change in in my life as an adult. I'm 
I was, let's see, 52 years old at the time. My kids were grown and out of the house. And I decided that I needed to kind of find myself. Uh, I always tell my husband, it's a good thing I didn't look for another man. I just looked for a purpose. And so I scheduled this road trip, which I uh, painstakingly prepared and, and contacted all these nonprofits throughout the country. Um, every city I knew I was going to be at when I was going to be there and said, Hey, I'm going to be here this day. Do you need a volunteer? I can do paperwork. I've done fundraising before I've, you know, I gave them any number of things. And the first one to respond in each city was where I went. So like I put up light bulbs in low income housing in new Orleans for a little nonprofit, a little grassroots nonprofit. They've put up a million light bulbs. Uh, I did a, another a race that was done for a women's shelter where we handed out T-shirts. And then this Providence Mount St. Vincent, which is the, the preschool inside of the senior living facility, that place is what really inspired me to come back. And But it was 7,400 miles. It was a couple of weeks. And at first I was really scared. And then it was very liberating. And I ended up finding myself. And this is, I, I really believe that this work that we do with seniors is, is truly my life's purpose and enjoying every minute of it. So it was, it was a very inspiring trip, very liberating trip. And I suggest it to any woman who's looking to find themselves. <laughs> I love that. And Susan, it's so, I think, inspiring for a lot of people to you kind of very similar to myself, kind of happen upon senior living, not knowing a lot about it. Give us a little background. You mentioned your grandmother. Uh, what What is that relationship and how do you think, um, I guess, kind of from a, a former outsider, what is this industry like for you and what's your kind of your background there? Uh, let's see. Well, I guess my, my experience with my grandmother was just she was young when she died. So I was 17 when she died, but I was with her. Um, and she was just kind of always old and always a grandma, but there was a relationship that, uh, followed me through my life. I mean, she, there's so many things that have happened with the bridge where I know she's, you know, I know she's the one kind of responsible for it all happening. I don't know. I don't, I don't know how to really explain my former, you know, my relationship with her to what's going on now, except for that. I, I was crazy about her. She was probably my favorite person ever, you know? So, so to be around and, and her life was her last five years, she lived with us for the last five years of her life because she was sick. Um, and I don't know, I just feel like being a young person with her gave her a little bit of life. And now I'm seeing it with my, my own parents who are 83 and 87. They, it's, it's almost like, you know, my other sister takes care of putting the, you know, food, bringing the food in for them and everything. My husband and I are more the ones that say, okay, come on, let's, sit down and talk about the other day. Well, I'm not even going to go into this yet. We're going to talk later about, I know we're going to talk later about uh, the, the whole idea of what we can do to be the bridge. And I had a moment, unless you want to hear it now, I had a moment with my parents recently that really kind of zeroed in on that whole idea of, of you know, what we can do just in our daily lives to, to be the bridge. Well, I love that, um, Susan, and we can bounce around however you want. This is simply just a conversation. Um, one thing that may tie into what you were just talking about, about how to be the bridge. Tell us a little bit. Um, I think we got a little bit of a, of it in the conversation prior to recording today about when you were on this road trip, um, some of the experiences and visiting, um, 
different places. And then you saw a program, a very popular program, but maybe some of our listeners haven't um, heard about that, where you saw the intergenerational component and it just kind of sparked some energy and how that kind of has, um, you know, rolled into for forming this Bridge the Generations group. Sure. Yeah, that's a good question. I did. I saw uh, at Providence Mount St. Vincent, it is a preschool and a, and a senior community in one building. So when you walk in, there's a preschool, there's a, there's a senior living community, and they do a lot of activities together. So they would do community service projects together where they would stuff baggies for homeless people, some food. Uh, they would celebrate birthdays together. But what I thought was really, really neat to watch was in the hallway, you would see, as we often do, we've all been in and out of lots of senior communities, right? Um, where a senior might be sitting in their wheelchair in the hall with their head down, you know, and just kind of resting or whatever they're doing. You know, I often think that they're thinking, but um, it looks like they're resting. And they would hear the sound of a child's voice down the hall and just the whole posture would change. The, the, the senior would sit up, eyes would light up and, and they'd look for the child and the child would, sometimes the child would come running, they'd get hugs. They, the senior would walk the child to their classroom. I mean, it was just, it was so beautiful and it was so moving to me. I, I barely could stop from tearing up everywhere I went. I thought, why is this not happening? I, I actually still wonder why it's not happening throughout the country. And um, we were originally going to do the preschool, but what started happening was the, the component of music and artists that I wanted involved in in the whole project, all these generations coming together, that just started taking off and having a life of its own, which led us to focusing in on, on artists and, and having them come in and, and do some memory recall with music and spend a week at a time with this, with the seniors and get to know them. And then at the end of the week, you know, these seniors are saying, why are these, you know, Broadway actors and why are they coming to us? you know, they're so important and we're not basically. And then what started sparking through my brain over and over again was why do they not feel that important? Why do they not feel like they're important enough to have, to have artists come and stay with them for a week and, and hang out and, and have some fun, you know? Uh, oftentimes I just feel like they, it's not that they don't have a purpose. I think sometimes they just don't think people want to hear their stories. And a huge part of what the bridge is, is giving life to these stories that they all have. And we've all been around seniors that have these great stories, but so often they just, I mean, my own father said the other day, you know, people just don't want to hear what an old man has to say. And I just disagree with that completely. I think we all could uh, get a little something out of hearing their stories. And so that's kind of what we're trying to do through the arts. Oh, I love it. So um, you have teased our listeners to death that don't know what Bridge the Generations actually is and what you do on a daily basis and what your mission is. So can you just kind of um, tell us, uh, you know, what that is and what you guys seek to do on a daily basis? Sure, sure. We, well, what we're trying to do now, now that now that we have a different world, we're doing a lot of things virtually, uh, which I think is kind of exciting in a way. At first I was thinking, oh, we're just getting these, we're just getting these artists to fly in from New York and LA and Nashville and come to all these senior communities and just have this great time. And I was getting the money was being donated and it was amazing. And it always seemed to show up, 
But then COVID hit and we were like, well, now we can't bring them into the communities. So what do we do? And I reached out to some of the artists and said, would any of you like to do just a virtual concert? And we had such an outpouring of interest that we ended up with over 80 artists and most of them, most of them Broadway and like I said, LA, um, where else are they from? Nashville, Disney, some university students too. And they put together this great series of concerts that were all senior songs, you know, songs that they would like from the forties old standards. And we sent them out to all, and nobody, everybody kept saying, wait, what do we have to do for this? And I'm like, nothing. We're just trying to get this out to create a little happiness because we can't come into your community, you know, in person. Well, they loved it. And so now what we do now, I have artists, friends who are writing me and saying, Hey, we're doing, I have a Broadway couple that we're friends with that do these um, performances and they charge for them online because they're trying to make a living too. Cause all of them are out of jobs, you know? Uh, and they send me these, um, concerts and say, we send them out now to the communities for free. So they're not charged. So I have all these people now saying here, send this to them, send it. So I've become kind of a programming uh, organization right now, but we are focused right now on a day-to-day -day basis on creating these one-on-one -on -one experiences where the seniors are able to tell their stories to someone and how it basically goes is we hook up a senior with an artist. So I'll give you an example. Uh, our very first pilot, and we're, we're just piloting it now. So if anybody's listening that's interested, I really urge you to come to the website and sign up because we already have a list of artists who want to get involved. And um, the communities are probably more what are listening to you. And um, we'd love to make this happen for you as well. So what it basically is, is our first one was uh, a young artist, a female artist, young, I say young because I'm 55. <laughs> she's 34, I think, 34, 35. And she's hooked up with a 96-year-old man. He's in South Carolina. She's actually currently in Houston. And she's raising a family now. So she's been through, she's done movies, TV, um, vocal coaching. She's been on Broadway shows. She's just an amazing person. But she was claimed, trained classically in voice. And I didn't even know that, but went for some reason I knew, I knew what kind of heart she had. So I really was picking the artist for her heart. She's a really amazing person. She's now actually on our board, um, which is exciting. So we took her and we hooked her up with Chet, who's in South Carolina, 96 years old. I think he's 96. And I, he is a pianist and he sometimes will play at the senior community and so I knew him pretty well and I knew her, her sort of well and I thought they'd fit. Well, they hit it off beautifully the very first time. So we got them on a Zoom call and I introduced them the first week. And then for six weeks following, they get together at the same time on Zoom for about a half an hour and they chit chat and they get to know each other. And um, at the end of six weeks, the artist will present the senior with a gift of art basically. So what Jennifer's doing for Chet which I think is amazing. He loves, um, I think it's Chopin is his favorite classical um, musician or classical music composer. So she's taking, she now does children's parties for her living. She goes and does, she's a Disney princess at parties. And so she reads books to young kids and everything. So she's making a book of Chet's life, um, a children's book of Chet's life so that 
And then she's going to record it with Chopin in the background and she's going to be reading it. And that'll be her gift to him. But then the actual book, um, she is actually going to leave for him so that he has something to give to his great grandchildren who he doesn't see very often so that they have a, a history of his life. You know, they have a little story about his life. So hers, I thought her idea, and as she made up, that was her, you know, the artist does what they want to do. Um, we have another visual artist work just starting this week with uh, a senior. He's in Brooklyn. She's in Virginia. Um, and then, and what, what I love is that, like Jennifer said, the six weeks are over, but she's going to call Chet every week. You know, she said, I can't, I don't want to, I don't want to not talk to him every week. It's become such a regular part. And she said, I feel like I have a grandfather and I didn't have my grandfather growing up. And I mean, just it's a, it's win, 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 win for everyone. We've got seniors that are happy. I mean, Chet went from losing his, losing a friend of his in the, in the senior community and losing his, uh, having to put his cat down. And he was just kind of, he had just kind of given up. I felt like he was, and he was such a light filled person. And he just felt like he was, I'm telling you by the end of the six weeks, I mean, he wrote me this beautiful note about how he didn't know how it was going to work since he's twice Jennifer's age, but from the very beginning, they hit it off and, and um, they have this beautiful friendship. I mean, it's awesome. It, it just, it's, so I think it's going to be a great program and I think it's going to spread a lot of happiness all over the country. And that's what we're trying to do. And his story is told and the same with the artists that the other one that's almost finished is a composer, a Broadway composer that's working with an 83 year old woman. And um, he's almost done. She's hard. She can't see very well, um, but she kind of dabbles in the piano. So he's putting together this song that he's written um, and it's almost done and he's, he's going to record it and then he's going to give her the sheet music in really big print so that she can actually play it herself, but it's going to be her song. You know, it's a song about her life. I mean, it's just, it's so awesome. And, and I, that 83 year old was like, guess what? He's going to have my song ready next week. My song, you know, I mean, I don't know. It just feels good. It feels good. The whole thing makes me happy because the seniors happy, the, the artist is happy to do it, but also it kind of builds their, their um, insides for better art. You know, I mean, it works all the way around. And then the communities watch it and they see the engagement. They see how, how, how much more they can engage their seniors in things and how much more they have to, to offer. I don't know. All the way around. What an amazing um, mission you have and what amazing work you all are doing. You had mentioned, um, is this the description of the, the story bridge and the, and the song bridge, what you just described? Yes, that's exactly right. That's what we call it. Story bridge and song bridge. I love yeah. that. So um, right now, I, I know that there's antennas going up. We have a broad group of listeners um, and a growing group of listeners from community level team members and leaders through regional directors of operations all the way to the C-suite and even a growing number of students that are not in the industry at all that are just looking for opportunities where they can get involved in something that's a career on mission. And this is a perfect example of not only what happens in our industry as we refer to it, but all of the cool mission-driven organizations that serve our industry and our elders on a daily basis. So 
Talk to us a little bit. Um, there's two more things. Sarah probably has some things too. Two more things that I want to um, ask you about as we're wrapping up. Um, one, if um, people are out there and want to be part of this in some way, whether it's the community level or an artist, um, I want to know about that. And I know our listeners want to know how to get involved. But two, I don't want to miss the opportunity um, of what you touched on in the beginning to tell us about a personal story you had with, with I believe, your parents. So if you could kind of do those two things for sure. us, that would be great. Sure. Thank you. Thank Yeah, I really would love to have as many people as possible go to our website. We have some great videos on there that show kind of um, what we do w- when the artists are there. It's different every time because it depends on the artist that's there, right? You know, you're going to get different, which is what makes it a lot of fun. But go into our website and look at what we do. And there's a place to sign up there if you're interested in volunteering, if you're interested, especially we especially obviously look for artists and we look for communities. There's something that um, for your community listeners, we have something super exciting coming up. I can't really say much about it, but it gives communities that view this as really important work, which it's funny. You, you really know the ones that find um, this work to be important, this more engagement, more arts, more creativity, more human interaction, more, you know, there are the communities that are really super focused in on that. And then there's communities that don't seem to be as focused in on it. I have a feeling that it's going to become this, like I said, this movement where you're going to want to jump on board or else you're going to be, you know, swimming, you know what I mean? Because uh, we have this program getting ready to start where the communities that are really interested in what we do and feel that we are integral work instead of just kind of side work. Um, we are going to be asking them to join us in the movement, uh, probably by way of a membership, but it's, but we're not there yet. We just want to keep providing all this free, um, free programming and free activities. And we have a newsletter that just started going out. So uh, our very first one just went out this week, actually. So information and programming and all that, because we, we do want to create, like I said, a movement where everybody jumps on together, the communities, the, the artists, uh, other people who are involved in senior living, just coming on board. So take a look at our website. Keep looking at it. it's www.bridgethegenerationsplural.com and um, also Instagram. So I have to give a shout out to, to Stephanie. You said you found me on Instagram and I, like I said, I'm 55. That's not old. I'm just saying it's 55 and I don't do a lot of the social media. And I found this wonderful human who Stephanie has taken over my um, social media and doing it for practically nothing just because she's a lovely human. And she is the reason that you found me. So I'm grateful to her, but I think just staying uh, tuned into the website, tuned into social media, will show you all the things that are coming down the road. Um, So keep your eyes peeled there and definitely, definitely send me an email if you're interested in, in getting involved and having your community involved or, or also having, um, being an artist and wanting to sign up for one of our projects. That's awesome. And we can't wait to connect our audience with you. Susan, do you want to quickly tell us about the story with your parents? Yes, because I, I feel, I feel super strong about this idea that we can all be the bridge you know, kind of people say, and, and that follows too with what you were saying, Josh, you were saying, how can we get involved? And, and I don't think it has to be by volunteering for an organization or anything like that. 
so many of us have parents or grandparents that are aging. They may be in the house, they may be in a senior community, but wherever they are, I think there's a way to just spark that conversation. Um, and that goes to a story that leads to a story that uh, about two weeks ago, I was fortunate enough to have my, my parents with me. I had to go get them in Florida because they weren't driving and the COVID thing, they were getting back up to Florida. I mean, back up to Northern Virginia where they live. So they stayed at my house for a couple of days. My dad is the typical 87 year old businessman all his life, you know, not, I mean, he's a really sweet guy and he's really a good guy and a generous guy, but not super romantic, you know, with my, I always think my mom needs a little more romance. Like he should be a little more sweet. Right. So we're sitting in my sunroom and we were talking about the project and, um, and some of these projects that we're starting, like the song bridge and story bridge, they loved it. And I said, Hey, what kind of music did you guys listen to? And that's all I said. And it led to that. My dad said, well, Remember, we used to dance in the basement of the Labby's basement, somebody's basement. And um, what year was that in? 1951. And so I said, okay, 51. So I got my computer and I pulled up all the songs from 1951, the 100 top songs or 50 or something. We started at the top and I would push play and I'd play a little bit of it. And they'd both start singing. And at one point, I don't even know what the song was. I wrote it down because I wanted to remember about the third song down. My dad was looking at my mom in a way I've never seen before. And my mom was saying, oh, do you remember this one, Joe? And he said, I certainly do. And there was this like moment where they were both transported back to 1951. And I let that sink in for a while. I kept letting the song play. And my dad was just staring at my mother. It makes me cry. Um, and I said, dad, is it like a distant memory to you? And he never took his eyes off my mother. And he said, not so distant at all. And I thought to myself right there in that moment, I thought all it takes is for somebody to say, hey, did you go to the theater when you were little? Who took you to the theater? Uh, what did you listen to? What did you and mom and dad first dance to? You know, I mean, just any songs like that. I mean, any questions like that that bring up, you know, the arts or experiences. It doesn't even have to be arts related. It can just be an experience, a story that they want to tell. And once they have the opportunity to tell the story, I mean, that's really all it took. We spent an hour and a half in there talking about the things they did when they were younger that I never knew. I never knew they had dance parties in their neighbor's basement and that's how they would dance. I never knew they went square dancing. My God, you know, my dad was from, was from Brooklyn originally. I'm like, how the hell did you learn to square dance? You know, um, it was just an amazing one and a half hours time that I got with my parents that I, I will never take for granted. It was, it was beautiful. And I think we just all need to realize that they, seniors have stories to tell and they, they want to tell them, but we have to give them the opportunity, whether we're there, they're in, in a, in a setting like the bridge or whether it's a setting like your living room, you know, we need to, we need to really listen to what they have to say because they want to share the stories, makes them feel good. And, and they have a lot to share. Well, as all of our listeners are reaching over to grab a tissue as they just listen to that story, that was incredible. And thanks for sharing that. You know, I think uh, some takeaways here, obviously there's power in music. There's also power in just communication and asking the right questions and probing a little bit and just opening up that conversation. We can obviously tell your passion 
and, and your passion for the organization. So it's been such a delight to meet you and to hear all of these stories. And I know Josh uh, has a strong passion also for communication and just telling those love stories is what we say at our company. Um, so it's, it's great to see that uh, come to play with you. No, well, thank you. I hope you're on the lookout because I think we're going to, uh, the composer is tell, talking about putting together an album where we have songs about all these. I mean, we have so many, there's so many ideas. I need to like zero in and focus on the, on the things we have at hand because there's so many places we can take this. And I want this to be so huge that someday, I really do. I'm very passionate about it. And I, and I hope that someday we're all looking at this. I don't know if you all know Montessori schools, right? Everybody knows a Montessori school that started as an idea and a way to teach. And I want this to be a way that we, not only treat our seniors, but a way that we care for them, not with just a roof over their heads and food in their bellies, but um, sparking their souls and their creativity and their passions and hearing their stories. Cause I just think that's the way we're supposed to do it. And sometimes we lose sight of that in this country. Uh, other countries do it a little bit better than we do, but I think this is, this is the time to, to make those, this is time of change in our country. And I hope that it's a time of change in the way we, we view and treat and love on our seniors. You know, I really, really hope everybody will just come on in with me and join in and do it, whether you're doing it at home or helping me out. So I really appreciate you guys listening and putting this out there. And I hope everybody that listened um, feels compelled to do something. Well, I know they will, Susan. Thank you so much for taking time with us today at Bridge the Gap. I know our listeners appreciate that. They're going to want to connect with you. Bridge the Gap is already connected with you. We are going to put all of your information in our show notes, including your website and your Instagram, um, because I know people are going to want to connect with you. Uh, thank you again for joining us. And thank you, thank you again for sharing your personal stories and some practical ways that we can all be the bridge. Uh, we say that often. We want everyone to join us. You can all be the bridge. Thank you for listening to another great episode of Bridge the Gap. For a full library of episodes, merchandise, and the 2020 conference tour schedule, visit btgvoice.com. Join the conversation on social media by following at BTG Voice, and we'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode.